0: Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of catch-ups in My Kitchen with me, Georgia Simmons, founder of Greedy Vegan. This week I am joined by Liv Sellers, who is best known as Live Like Live. I wanted to talk to Liv about the power of exercise and how it is more than the amount of calories you burn or what kg weight you can lift. Liv is on a journey to create a platform where people can join her in doing a variety of workouts in order to feel the best and most confident version of themselves. Liv focuses on hit and other full body workouts in order to get you sweating and endorphins rising. This episode is particularly special because Liv opens up about a family tragedy which completely changed her life and without fitness she wonders if she could have gotten through it. Food and fitness are unbelievably powerful in more ways than just changing and fueling our bodies. Liv Sellers, or should I say, Live Like Liv, is some sort of superhuman, because as well as inspiring people to get fit and feel amazing, she is also working full-time in property. This episode is hugely powerful and inspiring, so let's meet Liv. So I'm sat here with Liv, and I guess I'd say your best known for being Live Like Liv. Yeah. <laughs> um so do you mind giving a quick elevator pitch on who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah, so my name is Liv and I actually can't take credit for the name Live Like Live. Ah. I maybe shouldn't say that, but a friend of mine at Uni came up with the name. Um because so a bit of a backstory. Whilst I was at uni. Um, I've always been into my fitness, always kind of done hit, weighted stuff, always been into sport. And whilst I was at uni, all of the girls um, and all the lads, we were all planning a leavers trip at the end of our third year. And all the girls were kind of saying, oh, you know, some of them were a bit concerned about getting in a bikini in front of the lads. And that is like my worst nightmare for girls. I never want a girl to feel like that or anyone to feel like that. So I said to them, I was like, look, why don't we... I will put on a fitness class twice a week for you guys from January to June leading up to the the Leavers trip. So we did that from January to June twice a week um, and Live Like Live started to be born out of that, uh, that sort of hit focused workout. I then qualified as Les Mills' grit instructor, um, which is kind of where I then started to get a lot of my ideas from. And then moved to London started working in a corporate job I work in property full-time live like live sort of took a back seat and I didn't get to do it and then just before lockdown uh first one I then I said to some of my mates should we go on to Clapham Common and I'll do some fitness classes for you so got on to Clapham Common did some fitness classes lockdown hit I then started up a Facebook group with, I don't know, 40 of my mates in it called Live Like Live. put one workout on there, videoed it in my living room, didn't think much of it. Within three weeks, I went from 40 members to 600 members in the Facebook group, everyone kind of adding friends of friends of friends. Started to do lives on Facebook a couple of times a week, then moved it onto Instagram. Then it just kind of organically grew into this little fitness community um, where I just put live classes on mainly hit stuff and then a few shorter ones and weighted stuff but yeah so I'm full-time property part-time fitness
0: amazing Mm -hmm. I've got so many questions about that but before I ask those there's some quick fire questions that I ask everyone as a bit of a tradition on the podcast Mm -hmm. just to kind of get it all going and talk a bit about food so we'll go through those then I'm going to ask you a few questions about what you just said so sweet or savoury (laughs) Savoury. <laughs> <laughs> Juicy burger or overloaded salad?
1: Really sad, but overloaded salad. I would be
0: the same. <laughs> Crisps or popcorn? Crisps. Ice cream or sorbet? Ice cream.
1: Cook in or eat out? Eat out, 100%. And what's your favourite delivery? Thai, every time. I wish it was. I'd choose it every single time, but it would be have to be Rose's Thai. Every time.
0: <laughs> Literally, the podcast that I had this morning said exactly the same yeah it is a winner it is so good I do completely agree yeah so what I wanted to ask about what you said a minute ago was firstly that's incredible that it's been so organic and like grown so quickly Mm -hmm. but out of interest why Facebook group rather than Instagram
1: I think just I wanted to keep it private just a group you know between me and my mates and my first port of call was always to go to Facebook for creating, you know, pub groups for your birthday and things like that. So it just seemed like a really quick way to make a group um, and post things into a group because then I don't think Instagram really has, it doesn't really have a feature like that, does it? No. To To get people all in one place. No. Uh So that's the only reason why. And then started to realise that Facebook was actually really crap for doing lives and to then moved on to Instagram which then just became a way better platform for videoing, editing uploading, all that kind of thing
0: yeah okay that makes so much sense so the first thing I want to ask is about the marathon because Mm -hmm. you recently ran the marathon which congratulations, I mean that is a massive achievement. Thanks. So how was firstly the training for that because some people might be listening and be like that just seems like a huge marathon which Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine doing so Mm how did you go about training for something like that?
1: (laughs) Uh it's very tiring it's pretty boring um I'm gonna be pretty honest with you about it it's I think you start small work your way up um and by the way anybody can run a marathon if you put your mind to it absolutely you just have to you might have to start your training a bit earlier but you start small build it up I think uh, you um, it's actually to be honest it's a lot but You can put it into really bite-sized chunks. You can incorporate it into your gym workouts, if that's what you like doing. Uh, But just getting on the treadmill, doing a few sprints here and there. And then the weekends are when you start building up your long runs. Mm. Um, This year, because the marathon was in October, I had to do my long runs and the bulk of my long runs in the summer. Which, don't know if you remember this summer, but it was 41 bloody degrees in London, which is always... A bit dangerous running that, that for that long in that kind of heat. um So, yeah, you just have to start small, build it up, and yeah, put your mind to it, really. It is boring. Yeah. But, it, I mean, it's rewarding once you've done it, I guess. Definitely. And how was it? Awful. <laughs> Absolute hell. Um, oh my God. I did it a few years ago uh, when I was 19. And I don't know what sort of human being I was when I was 19 but I do not remember crossing the finish line in such hate
0: oh my god <laughs> I, I, had a ter- I had a
1: terrible time um I don't know what happened I just found it so tough really hard work I had to stop a couple of times which I didn't want to do um and it's just yeah, I don't know what it is I didn't I wasn't injured but your whole body completely aches and when you start to ache your running style then changes which then creates a bad position you're then running how you don't normally run and then that just makes it a whole lot harder Mm. so it was horrible but I have put myself in for a good for age place for 2023 which yeah I know I mean I probably won't do it. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god you're mental <laughs> yeah no I am I probably actually I probably won't <laughs> do it if I do get a place but in the heat of the moment I was like oh I want to beat the time that I you yeah, know that I set out to do and so I put myself back but yeah it was hard but rewarding mm.
0: definitely I think it's such an achievement and I think you're in competition with yourself and I think that's mm. probably why you put yourself in for 2023 because you're just like you know you get you probably do get a high from it and you're like I can do I can do this again I can do better I can mm. do better But, yeah, I just think, well done. It's a massive achievement, especially twice and potentially three times.
1: Wow. There were people there, though, on the start line that were being interviewed, that there was one woman there that was being interviewed. It was her 99th marathon in five years. I don't know if she doesn't sleep, eat, what the hell she's doing, or if she has any mates, (laughs) but she... Ran 99 marathons and I think she must have been in her 60s or something. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. So when you actually think about it. Like yeah. I said earlier, anyone can do it. That's, yeah. Wow. I mean, I, I do want to do it. I just need to just sign up. I just need to do yeah. it. Once you get the goal, you'll then just, it's a tick box. You then just tick off each run each week and it, yeah. you'll be surprised how quickly your fitness actually does build up.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Mm. So going back to live like live. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of explain a bit about your what your mission is with it? Because mm. I feel like you're not just getting up every morning and doing a workout and turning your phone off. Like mm. I definitely feel like there's
1: a mission behind what you're doing. So do you mind explaining a bit about yeah, that? Yeah, of course. So, like I said, sort of how it was born basically, it was helping my mates. Um, didn't take any money for it. In fact, I didn't actually take any do it for money for well, at least a couple of years um because it for me it wasn't really about that my reward was seeing my friends feel good feel you know make such vast improvements to their fitness that was rewarding enough for me if i i love discovering new exercises new workouts what they mean how they work how they're working your muscles in different ways the science behind it and i love learning about it i don't know if that's a little bit sad but i love <laughs> learning about it and doing it and i just thought well uh, how good this makes me feel? Why the hell would I not share share this feeling with everyone that I know and love? So I think for me it was just born out of giving people back that feeling that perhaps they don't get after going for a run or going in the gym and picking up a weight and not really sure what to do with it. I was like, this amazing stuff like hit workouts that you can create to be something quite fun that make you work hard, that will use all your muscle groups it might just inject a bit of life back into people's fitness and you can do it at home within one square meter of space or in the park or in the gym you can do it anywhere Mm. so I think for me it was about just motivating people to move just to move not focus on what you look like just more about how you feel and enjoy exercise enjoy that that sweat like no other feeling Mm. um and I feel really passionate about it. I kind of hate that word because it's such an overused word. But I am so passionate about getting people to live like live. Yeah, no, I completely get it. I I love fitness
0: as well. I'm completely, probably obsessed. I can't go a dick. That's a lie. I have rest days. I'm not, not a weirdo. But I need it for motivation. It's part of my routine. And I completely get where you're coming from because that those endorphins you get from doing something and the way that you feel and the way that your body feels is really great and kind of addictive. So I completely Mm. get it. And when you're influencing others and seeing their improvement, like I can just completely get how you can kind of become obsessive with it. And I think, yeah, I completely get it. And I'm guessing my next question was kind of going to be, how do people kind of incorporate it into their like nine to five and they've got busy um, jobs and busy lives. But I'm guessing what you're just kind of saying was, because it's so, it can be just as small and as little as you want it to be, but it's just so manageable. Is that kind of right?
1: Yeah. So, the my main workouts, my HIIT workouts, are normally 30 to 35 minutes, which I'm not going to about to go all Molly May on everyone, but everyone has the same 24, <laughs> 24 hours in the day. Um, but, but you can find half an hour in your day, I'm sure. And if you can't find half an hour in your day to look after yourself and do something that you want to do, have a little rain check with yourself and think hang on a minute if I can't even spare myself a half an hour I'm not making enough time for myself so yeah they're half an hour so before work after work in a lunch break they're completely manageable and I also do um shorter workouts like fit, fit 15 fire 15 and fierce 15 they're my arms legs and shorter hit workouts so even a quick 15 minutes is better than doing nothing um I also say to people walk more if you can walking is amazing i don't think anyone really realizes the benefits apart from looking at fitbit and your step count's gone up but actually the benefits of walking and that kind of like long steady state cardio so if you know you get off a tube a tube stop earlier on your way to work and walk the rest of it or take one flight of stairs rather than lift the whole way up in the office building there are so many ways to incorporate moving more in to five mm. i truly don't believe that no one hasn't got half an hour yeah I mean there might be a bit of a backlash on that but I think yeah that you definitely can find half an hour in the day to get moving for sure
0: definitely I feel like again this could be but I do feel like it's probably an excuse if you if you're saying you can't I'm sure Mm. even if that means going to bed half an hour later or getting up half an hour earlier yeah but yeah completely and your aim is obviously to make like fitness kind of more available and you're super passionate about motivating people. There are obviously other people in the in the space. Mm. How do you kind of feel about the competition? Where do you kind of feel like you fit in with the competition and what does the market kind of look like for you?
1: Really saturated, obviously. I think anyone who has Instagram is probably you know fired loads of fitness accounts constantly I do I mean what I tried to do originally with live like live um I went to drama school and I did drama at uni so I used to want to be an actress and a tv presenter and maybe who knows one day they'll ever have but <laughs> um I tried to make my videos a little bit fun at the beginning I tried to introduce the workouts in a different accent trying to be funny look back at them now and I want to put pencils in my no, eyes it no, looks no, I'm terrible to you i've seen
0: them <laughs> oh, i love them no for me oh, that like that sells me every time like yeah. that was so refreshing mm. because i feel like sometimes it can be so like you know you get up in the morning you could have like still half asleep you put it on you just do it and that kind of really breaks it out of the norm and like yeah. makes it something different i've seen it loved it definitely loved it
1: thanks i mean it's not uh, yeah it, it's not oh god that by <laughs> now. but it, i tried so in going back to kind of the competition it's it is gonna, like tough it's tough to break through in the fitness industry especially i mean you for yourself with the, the food kind of market like with greedy vegan there's so much of that around
0: So, on the topic of greedy vegan, I very rarely talk about it on the podcast, but I just thought I would take the chance to tell you a little bit more about it and how it works. So, we deliver you delicious and nutritious boxes of plant-based products to your door, along with recipe cards to inspire your cooking with the aim of adding a little plant-based into your lifestyle. You don't have to change your whole diet. It could just be upgrading your breakfast or your snack drawer. We really believe that small changes make a big difference. Please check it out if you haven't. And now we'll get straight back to the episode.
1: But if you look at any any industry, I work in property. That's massively saturated. That's, you know, there's so much competition in that because so many people get degrees, so many people get masters now. And to get into a corporate job, you are up against another few thousand people. So I think anywhere you go, you're going to be up against everybody that's so qualified, everybody that's doing the same thing, everyone's got the new best bright idea, But you have to, oh God, this is so cringe. But you've got to believe in yourself. And you've got to think, well, that person's not me. They're not me. What can I offer more than those people? I think there's so many different fitness people out there as well. And finding the right personal trainer for you as well is completely subjective. So, you know, I might not be everyone's cup of tea. Everyone might find me incredibly annoying. Well, great. There's a a different trainer for you out there but then where another trainer loses clients might work in my favor so I think it's just believing in what sorry long-winded answer believing in what you have to offer not being scared of the market and just going for it you know? mm, no 100% <laughs> I also feel like with
0: fitness you've got to have a relationship with the person that you're following mm. you've got to believe in what they're saying you've got to kind of it's very personal
1: Mm. there is
0: not a one-size-fits-all when it comes to food and fitness they're very personal things you've got to have that relationship yeah and it's like you said they're not you so you had 600 people following your facebook group at that time and that's because they believed what you were saying and they Mm. wanted to be like you so i guess that's it like everyone's got their personal thing Mm. and it's just kind of finding yeah being that and people will either like you say love it or hate it yeah um so yeah i i think there's definitely space for for everyone and do you kind of look around at the current mar- uh, market and think oh like i don't like what he's doing or i don't like what she's doing i think i would do it slightly differently can you kind of pick holes in the market a bit do you have to name names or anything like that yeah earlier? i know
1: there's a there's definitely a few and some of my mates if anyone's listening to this will know that i've got some couple of nemesis out there that I absolutely really don't like yeah and I won't name names because then I will there'll be a backlash and then everyone will hate me so um hate on live is what <laughs> it means. um but yeah but then there's a few of them that have got millions and millions of followers it's so clear and I see people doing so and so's workouts in the gym and I want to rip the phone out of their hands and go try me try me please mm. um but you know th- that person has got something that appeals to a mass market and I appreciate them for that because their goal has been to do what I want to do is get people moving. So you can't knock people in the market that in theory are doing a lot better than me um, yeah. for going out and having the same goal as I have, mm-hmm. you know, because that's when I know I'm in it for the right reasons. I'm not doing it to be like, I want to be that person. No, no, I want to offer people what that person is also offering yeah no Do, 100% did that make sense yeah no completely okay. <laughs>
0: completely so now I want to kind of touch on like some common questions that you might be asked because obviously you're you're involved in people's personal space in terms of you're talking about people's bodies and that's mm. very personal so people might think oh, I've got this issue I'm going to ask Lib. like mm-hmm. could you highlight some of the most common questions that you get asked from people who follow you and some kind of fitness myths that they that they may ask and you're like oh god this is just so not true mm-hmm. is there any of those that you can kind of highlight
1: yeah so during the first lockdown in april 2020 when live like live kind of became my complete life because i got put on furlough so i was just live like living 24 hours a day um and i was very involved with i had a very captive audience at that point because everyone was just doing fitness because either people were on furlough or they were just at home with naffle to do so i had I, you know, I was able to speak to people quite a lot. And one really common question that I got asked by mainly girls was, Liv, how do I lose weight from my arms? Or how do I lose weight just from my tummy? Or how do I lose weight from, you know, my left toe? It'd be just like <laughs> so many different uh, specific weight loss areas. And the answer to that question is you can't just focus on one area to lose weight on my... <laughs> So I would say generally losing weight, obviously, if you pick up some weights, you do a bit of cardio, you're in a bit of a calorie deficit, you will lose weight. You're not going to target that one place. Um, So just generally keeping fit and and exercising is going to help you achieve that overall goal. But my other thing would be also is girls love your tummies, love your arms, love your legs, love every part of your body because it's all you've got unfortunately and I don't want any of you to change them and you know I want everyone to feel so totally comfortable with what they have you can obviously be the best version of yourself by making yourself feel good feeling stronger fitter through exercise but don't let you know a bingo wing as they are called or that flabby tummy as they're called which are all really horrible words be the focus of why you're exercising. The why you're exercising should be about how it makes you feel afterwards and that rush of endorphins, which are free, you know? So that would be my answer. Just eat well, exercise, be happy Mm. and don't let it, don't punish yourself.
0: No, definitely, definitely. And this kind of leads me on to kind of food. So obviously your passion is fitness, but are you kind of aware of like the food that goes into your body as a result of that?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely. I think when you it's like if you've got a car and someone said to you do you want to put in this lovely quality fuel into your car it's the same price as this crappy fuel uh but the you know this good fuel is going to make your car run for a bit longer run a bit smoother and likely not break down but you put in this crappy fuel mm, it might do a bit of damage to your car and likely it'll break down and you won't go as far i think i know what answer everybody would give um fuel your body with good stuff fuel fuel your body with nutritiously dense food uh that's got much better nutritional value for you you eat everything your carbohydrates your proteins your fats don't restrict any of them uh balance them all and also have fun as well i think you can definitely do both you can go out on the weekend and have glasses of wine and then have a big fat pizza and maybe even then wake up and have a mcdonald's i do that a lot um <laughs> on the weekends so then just come back to the balance of your life you know just life is too short but i think for 70 to 80 percent of your time definitely fuel your body with good foods and you'll reap the benefits of that when you're in the gym or when you're out running yeah. um so yeah. no definitely and do people often
0: ask you questions about food as a result of fitness
1: yeah massively the one of the other questions that people used to ask me during the live like live period was what do you eat You don't want to know what I eat because actually it probably won't be that beneficial for you (laughs) at times. Um, And I'm really careful in... I mean, there is an element of giving guidance as those what I eat in a day things. Oh, I know. There is an element of that that might be beneficial for people to get a bit of a guidance on what foods are good and what foods are bad. But my pet hate is people doing that and then other people you know people that are influenced by these influencers to then eat exactly what those influencers eat because what I need for my body is going to be totally different to what somebody else needs Mm -hmm. so I find it really difficult to sort of say to somebody oh well I wake up and I have porridge then I might have a salad and then I might have a bit of fish you know no everyone's body reacts differently yeah um so I can give people guidance and I often do give people guidance on on, on what is good and what is bad but don't follow an exact oh this this person eats that which means I will look like them. No No,
0: I completely agree and I often get asked like can you please share what I eat in a day what you eat in a day and I think I've done it once and it really I really really wish I didn't because I never believed in it anyway and I found Mm. it really damaging I feel like people do compare themselves and that's that's. I feel like why in a day is as bad as putting calories on a menu. It's like oh, that is just terrible. That's
1: terrible. I mean that also, is terrible. I didn't know a cat'su curry from Wagamama has one thousand two hundred and something calories in oh, it. No, it's crazy. It's awful. Also, there
0: was a. I've, oh god, this is sad. I went for breakfast with my mum and I wanted to have this porridge. It's really delicious. It's got tahini on it. Dates. Oh yum. Eight hundred calories.
1: Yeah, but you've, in, I was, was like, think
0: for, for porridge. Yeah. I was like, and then it was like, it was literally the same as having like pancakes or something like that. And
1: you probably think, oh, I'm going to go for I porridge. Is porridge healthier. Healthy option. Yeah. But then also, I guess calories doesn't necessarily mean health. And also, my theory is well, for 27 years of my life, I've never really seen a calorie on a menu when I've been out and had a Sunday roast or been to Wagamama's. And I didn't put on 50 stone when I had a catsu <laughs> curry, like when I was 20 years old. So I just think you've got to it's fine to use those things maybe as a guidance and sort of have an understanding about high you know high calories and foods if you're having wagamamas for breakfast lunch and dinner maybe you know rein it in a little bit yeah but please if anyone out there is really annoyed about the calorie food thingy and then restricts himself you know when you go out to eat don't yeah literally (laughs) enjoy it put ask you can actually ask i think in some places for a menu without calories
0: yeah I think that's
1: essential um, because
0: I think it is very triggering for those oh, completely. who ha- are struggling with eating disorders or have struggled yeah. with it in the past like that will trigger you straight back to square one
1: yeah and also our lives are just ruled by numbers as well I mean I've got a Fitbit which does become a bit obsessive if you haven't done your steps mm-hmm. um, so if anything you can then if there was numbers on your food you can then see how many numbers are on your Fitbit and you can
0: I just think no no, no I agree
1: it just try and try and you know let it be in the background but do not let it rule how you live and enjoy your life 100 percent, i completely agree kind of leads me nicely onto my next
0: question which is more about mental health Mm -hmm. so i feel like you know we're talking about fitness here we're talking about weight and food and aesthetic and and these are all really really crucial parts of like well-being and living well but i think it's a definite mental health side to like fitness and obviously Mm -hmm. food as well like it's like the core of your whole body um so can you talk a bit about how fitness helps your personal mental health and how it's affected your mental health in the past mm-hmm. i know you've gone through and your family have gone through a really tra- like a massive tragedy mm-hmm. so maybe you could kind of shine a bit of light on that as well yeah. and maybe how fitness helps you through that
1: mm-hmm. god we could open up a real whole can of worms here <laughs> we, could be, we could be we could be here for hours um like so <laughs> um going so my relationship with fitness and mental health I mean I'm a completely open book here and I will be totally honest and it's probably quite beneficial for people to hear I think a lot of girls that I know or and boys um I think you hear about it more with girls though if I'm honest the whole pressure to be skinny thing that Mm. I think was very apparent especially when I was about 17 18 years old um and I went to a school where it's quite a lot of pressure on us academically and to achieve, 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 achieve. And I think, and then being in an environment where you feel like you have to be the best. I'd say definitely at a point in my life when I was, but yeah, I'd say around 17, 18, I could have got a bit obsessive with fitness and the food thing. But I think that came back to an element of trying to keep control. It's a control thing. You can control what's going in your body. You can control almost how you look because... There's So much pressure on you elsewhere that that feels like something you can control, and inevitably that gets a little bit out of hand and you get a bit obsessive. But I was very lucky in that I made sure I went to counseling and things and spoke about that and, and why that was kind of happening and managed to, you know, therapy, therapize, therapy, counsel. <laughs> That's, like That's a word. The word,
0: we'll make it a <laughs> word, therapize Thera-
1: therapize my, my <laughs> way out of that. Um, But I think, yeah, it has got the tendency to become obsessive. And I think because I, when I've been in that phase and I understand how it can rule your life and actually then make you totally miserable, my relationship with, with it now is so healthy and so the opposite of what I thought back then. I've been able to see how that was and go, oh my God, no, that's not what moving and fitness is all about and eating well. That's not what it is about. It's... Completely about this. It's about how exercise makes you feel, like how you just—it just has such an effect on your whole mood. I mean, my brother, and I mean, I doubt who listened to this podcast, but I'm going to bring him up. um uh, My brother, 21 years old, has never loved fitness really. To be honest, he's at uni at Newcastle. He's just started going to the gym, and he was just say, "Oh, like you're so lame, like going to the gym." <laughs> now he started going to the gym he absolutely loves it loves it starting to see how it makes him feel how it makes him you know he's looking in the mirror and going hang on a minute (laughs) some abs and a pec that i can now see um and that's endorphins there's no other there's no other explanation for it it's the, the physical thing that exercise does to us all and makes us feel great um God, sorry, what was your question? <laughs> Mental health and fitness. Yeah, well, the two go in hand. Action equals motivation. If you move, you've got to just get yourself to do that first exercise, that first workout. You will never, ever regret it. Mm. And you've got to also find what works for you. What works for you, what fits into your life, what's going to make you feel good. And, I mean, Joe Wick sings it from the rooftops. Yeah, I Love him, but, you know... Next pandemic, I want to be teaching PT on, uh, like, <laughs> yeah. on literally. YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> literally, yeah, um, literally. So, yeah, I mean, it has a hu- it's helped my life massively. It's yeah. been such a huge part of my life, um, and I know you said you wanted to touch on why I did the marathon. Yes. But before we actually touch on that, I just want to highlight that
0: what you just said about you went and got counselling because I think this mm. is such an important part. It's like. Yeah, it's really easy to be overly controlling. Like, Mm. everyone probably listening has had elements in their life which they have been able to control. They love the control, and they've got obsessed about it. Mm. That's, yeah, 100%. And with girls, and pressures, and aesthetics, and Instagram, and editing apps, and all sorts of things, we want to look a certain way, and we try and control it, and it's super unhealthy. Ultimately, you knew that you had to kind of get the control back and see a counsellor and I think that's really really important because what ends up being you in control and being so controlling then ends up actually taking over and mm-hmm. you're no longer in control anymore yeah so I think it actually does a full-on circle which I think is super interesting that some people who have gone through maybe a few challenges and unhealthy relationships with food may think that oh no I'm fully in control of this you're not anymore yeah it's completely <laughs> taken over you and what went from being you being in control is
1: now you completely out of control and it's it's taken over it's it's a miserable cycle um and I've seen people go through it and it's not nice and I think that's another reason why I want to use live like live as a way to take it away I mean there is an element of obviously it's a, a little bit on the aesthetic right like everyone you can't say it's completely not but the motivation behind it is to get the movement get the feeling good and the aesthetic will come as a result of that rather yeah. than the other way around trying to focus on the aesthetic and hope you'll feel good let's switch it and do it the other way
0: yeah that's so true and actually it's really similar with me and greedy vegan so mm-hmm. obviously everyone realizes that plant-based is becoming more popular and we all need to job it for the planet However, Mm. plant-based, if you eat it well and do it well, Mm. is actually a lot healthier for you. Mm. So rather than me being like, use Greedy Vegan and save the planet, no, no one really wants to hear that. They want to hear... Use greedy vegan and be really healthy and be yeah. the best version of you. That's what's going to make, make people want to eat healthy food. Mm. Yeah, amazing. Also, it helps the planet. Yeah, big thumbs up. But that's not the reason why people are doing it. Like, yeah. ultimately, the main reason people are trying plant based food mm. is to be healthier, yeah. not to save the planet. Yeah, but it's like a byproduct of yeah. that, which I think is really great. Yeah. So I now want to touch on something, which might be a bit more sensitive, but. Mm. I know that you, as a family, went through a massive tragedy, and mm. I want to touch
1: on maybe how fitness may have kind of saved you during mm. that time. Yeah. So, my just a bit of a backstory. My oldest brother Bobby had cerebral palsy, um, and he had quite severe cerebral palsy. So he was in a wheelchair his whole life. He couldn't walk or talk, um, and as a result of that, I had quite a few complications growing up. Um, was in and out of hospital quite a lot. Had a very weakened immune system, so it was always sort of susceptible to uh, coughs and colds, which could turn into pneumonia. Then being in hospital, picking up infections, so he had a really, really tough time. Um, and he was 18 months older than me, so kind of growing up, it, he had greater needs than myself, obviously. So, luckily for me. I very much took on the role of being almost like an older sister and also putting Bobby's needs before my own. And I'm not trying to get out the world's smallest violin here and say that. I'm saying I wasn't the kind of kid that was like, I want attention because my brother's disabled and I don't have any. No, it was very much like, as an individual, I wanted to do more to protect and care for him. Um, So sort of growing up, I've always kind of had this maternally and caring for, protective feeling over him. So he was a huge, huge part of my life and my soul and almost like the other half of me. Um, And I think him being so vulnerable and so disabled meant that I almost had to run for two people, do sport for two people, win for two people. Because every every time I used to score a goal in hockey... It's probably a bit TMI, but every time we just score score a goal in hockey, I'm like, do it for my brother." Yeah. <laughs> so he's always on the forefront of my mind, and in any physical activity I did, because I'm aware that he couldn't do it. So in a way, it's very humbling to realise how thankful I am that I can move because the other half of me can't. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then, very sadly, in February 2021, Bobby got very ill. Um, it was February the 13th when I found out he got very, very ill. Um, with a problem with his bowel and then three days later he passed away Um, and I was there during that whole time and held his hand when he took his last breath and it was a really 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 traumatic experience and one that will never ever leave me and my family obviously so that's been huge that's been massive and at the time that that happened I was doing live like live three times a week for members so I had people paying me 15 pounds a month um, to be on my private members page so I could do three workouts a week and obviously you've got people then relying on you a little bit but very kindly everyone was so supportive and I was just very honest and said look everyone I'm really sorry but there won't be any live like live for a couple of weeks just because we're going through this and I openly told everyone what was going on because I think when you're open and honest with people, you get their support and you get their trust and then they're more likely to be open and honest with you. Mm. Um and I'm never really scared to share anything like that. So um had to sort of pause the exercise for a bit for a couple of well, not even a couple of weeks. I actually only didn't exercise for about four days after he died. Um and I was at home with my mum and my mum was an exercise freak as well. So <laughs> We started off just by going out and walking with each other and then going and maybe doing a spin class with each other and then maybe going for doing some weights. And of course, you don't switch off from what's going on. You do not forget how you feel and how broken you are. But for at least an hour, you have to focus on... When you're going through such grief, when the grief is so heavy, you really are just focusing on okay, if I pick up that glass and I drink, I'm having a drink, you have to focus on everything in hand because if you don't, you'll break and you're so sad and everything's so turbulent in your life mm. that for an hour to, to tell yourself, pick up that weight and do 10 squats. For that brief moment, you're focusing on literally the movement.
0: Mm.
1: Squat. Okay, next one. Do some lunges. And it just takes, alleviates the pain a bit for, for the hour that you're exercising. And then when you go back to sitting on the sofa trying to watch a film... You don't have anything to focus on but a film and it's very easy to to drift in your mind. So at least with exercise, if you're just focusing on doing the movement correctly, it gives you a bit of respite from the grief. So in answer to your question, it was hugely important for me to keep exercising and in a way I had those uh, followers that wanted to do three classes a week, which I'd promised them £15 a month. So I had to. I had to the next week or so go back and say, I'm back and try and be happy for them for the for half an hour mm. um so if i i mean i do not know if i didn't exercise i'd be like a big fat poo on the floor i would just be like so 100%. depressed it would just be awful it'd be so horrible
0: no but i think it's so firstly like i just cannot imagine what your family went through i mm. cannot and what you went through being I mean, you said the younger sister, but also basically Mm. the twin because you were kind of Mm. like always very close in age and like always, he was always in your your mind when you did Mm. everything. So, and probably still is. Mm. And I just think that, that, you know, that's just really, really tough. But I just think what you said is so true where exercise is that escape from your mind and it Mm. gives you, because of the endorphins, it will lift you a little. And I think that's definitely that can definitely resonate with people in no matter what circumstance they're going with if they've got I don't know issues at home or issues personally like Mm. I think that time you're working out can just be a moment where you're focusing on you and you can Mm. escape and I just think you've just proven that and with such a awful heartbreaking example but it just shows and amazing how your mum's also into fitness because I'm sure that obviously helped her as well. I mean, yeah, you that is, yeah, fitness is definitely a really good vehicle for trying to help you mentally, which I think is such an important part. Mm. But yeah, I mean, no one can ever
1: imagine what that was like. Yeah, it was, it was, and still is really tough. I mean, you get someone explained to me. A really good friend of mine spoke about grief um, and sort of said it's like this. Oh, or was it my boyfriend I can't remember but so anyway someone with a helping hand was like whilst I was crying my eyes out and I'm never gonna get over this and just like, I can't do it yeah. um grief is like this this stone that you have on your chest and at the beginning it's really big heavy with and loads of jagged edges that really hurt and everywhere you move it hurts and then over time those edges soften that stone never leaves your chest never goes away but the edges become softer they become softer they don't hurt as much you find a coping mechanism and you over time you just you you cope i don't think you don't get over it Mm -mm. you definitely don't get over it you cope because there's so many milestones in your life that you think about that person I.e., the london marathon i did it for my brother um but yeah you just day by day month by month it gets a bit easier when you learn how to be stronger about it yeah a hundred percent and I um
0: my mom so I lost my auntie my mum lost her sister Mm. and a hundred percent this was a a couple of years ago now I want to say four or five years ago actually might even be longer than that it's just gone so quick but Mm. she is would say exactly the same thing like that stone like you mentioned is a really good way of putting it It would Mm. never That will never go. No. But you mentioned, like, it definitely gets rounder. Yeah. And, yeah, it's probably, that's probably the best way to put it. But I think having your moments of escape and moments of looking after yourself, whether that's food or fitness, Mm. is definitely, you know, like you mentioned, putting fuel in the car is a really good one. Like, Mm. if you're putting the right fuel in the car, then you'll get through it day by day, month by month, year by year.
1: So... I mean, don't get me wrong, there, when he first died, I think I loads of chocolate and wanted a curry all the time and like <laughs> just wanted a pizza and just thought like what the hell is the point yeah um, but you yeah. you realize that that inevitably does make you feel a bit crappy if you keep doing that so you then start to nourish and have to learn to nourish and and eat properly i mean then people that go through grief don't want to eat or feel too sick to eat and that mm. is also another thing um but if you just take it step by step and start eating what's good for you, you will. your your body will do that work for you. It will start to react how you need it to. It will start to work better. You'll, it's better for your brain to have good food. So mm. nourish is really important in those kind of times. And trying to get yourself out of bed and move is also really important. Yeah, no, 100%. So another tradition on the podcast mm-hmm. is we
0: speak about what your last meal would be. So, starter, main right. course, and dessert. I'm on death row. You are on death row. <laughs> <laughs> what
1: have I done? <laughs> what have you done? I don't know what you've done. But I've you killed on... people with burpees. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> they overdone it. They've overdone, overdone yeah. it. Yeah,
1: live like live. died because I've lived like live too much. Yeah.
0: Literally. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it doesn't, it can be anything. It can be someone's cooking, it can be a restaurant, it can be completely, a complete mush of lots of different things together. But what would be your heaven... Start a main course and dessert.
1: Start a main course and dessert. I This, for me, I think changes every time. I I always do this. I don't know. See, there's a thing with the death row meal. I will tell you what mine is. But why can't it just be that I eat this whenever I want? I know. <laughs> why it's do I have to time. literally be dead? I know. <laughs> You're going to die. What yeah. well, can I not just order this at an Italian?
0: <laughs> why do, why do so I have to true. be... Why do I have
1: to be... Anyway, with electric shocks in my head. Um, no, so... To start, I'm probably going to miss out some things, but I think to start I would have an amazing burrata, like a proper, it's falling all over the plate, amazing Mm. melty burrata with loads of fresh cherry tomatoes and the best olive oil you could ever have. don't know what kind of prison this is but i'm hoping they've imported some beautiful greek yeah with loads of rock salt and a bit of pesto and some rocket Mm. and then for a main i love the thing is when you ask this to someone who loves food i feel like i'm cheating on loads of food by not answering them for my main um when i went to mexico when i went to Holbosch with my boyfriend we just ate so much seafood and loads of fish and it was just like the best thing ever um, and the sushi out there is it's like four quid for basically a whole fish wrapped in rice it's like it's amazing Oh my god! so maybe thinking about it I would have a massive plate of all the sushi I could ever dream of with all the, the bells and whistles of what you can get in a sushi restaurant maybe I'd have that yeah that sounds heaven and then dessert 100% well in the middle chocolate brownie with a bit of ice cream Maybe it was sprinkled with some nuts on the top. I don't oh, know. That's wow. a really new addition that I've only just thought of. And that up. sounds heaven. And yeah. I mean, what was your meal after the marathon? After the marathon, really weirdly, a lot of people say this you just don't really want to eat. You feel really sick. Yeah. And because you have those rank energy gels, which if I do it again, I'm not having those. They are awful. I cannot say what they're like, cause it's totally inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I, think this- I got it. <laughs> But they're awful they're just the most worst things in the world yeah um so you have those energy gels the whole way around and you're actually because if you're doing it properly they're just carbohydrate for you every twice every hour so you're not actually hungry when you fit when you finish so we went to the pub afterwards after i did the marathon because well, just to gather everyone in one place. Um, and everyone's like, what do you want to eat? What do you want to eat? It's like, well, I don't know. Nothing. I don't want anything. I don't feel like eating anything. And if I could tell you what I wanted, that'd be great. But I can't. I don't know. Um, and I felt really sick. and My tummy was a bit sensitive. So I just had, I think, like three chips. <laughs> Wait, and a large
0: glass of champagne.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I, had a, I hadn't had drank for a month. That's another thing. I kind of stopped drinking for oh, a month wow. before it. Um, so I had three chips, which is actually not a very good piece of advice to give anyone from a nutritional perspective and a fitness perspective to do after you've ran twenty six point two miles. But I just didn't feel like eat. I just yeah. really didn't feel like it. But I then went on holiday a couple of days afterwards, where I then ate myself through Porto. So okay, that's I, fine. Yeah, don't worry. I wasn't. I I didn't not then eat. I had loads Perfect. to eat. But just after the marathon, full first meal would have. I think I had a, like my full first meal. You can't really call a bagel a meal, can you? I don't know. Oh, God, I should have known that. I shouldn't know No, but I guess you're
0: right. It's probably just a bit of a blur, and it's probably a bit... Yeah, you... I mean, yeah. after you do it, a lot of exercise anyway, you probably don't want to eat straight away. So that's yeah. probably... It makes a lot of sense. Yeah,
1: it's all of your fight or flight adrenaline, and when adrenaline's pumping around your body, you just don't really want to eat. No, I completely... I get that. Yeah.
0: Liv, thanks so much hey, thank for coming you. on. I thought like we touched on some really, really good topics, maybe yeah. some sensitive ones that people might be like, oh, wow, that's really... Opened up a few things that they can now work on, or mm. hopefully, taught people some things, and hopefully, you might get some new live like live. Yeah, well, numbers. it's live
1: like live underscore UK. <laughs> Quick little promo, just plugly plug plug plug. Um, and if you want, uh, I currently teach classes on a Wednesday morning at seven fifteen before I hot foot it to work. So, if you want to join in a hit class or a low impact body weight or waited I'd mix it up each week work out then headed to live like live underscore UK it is free it's half an hour and I would love some new followers and some new members because I love hearing about all of your journeys definitely (laughs) Well, thank you so much I loved it thank you